0: What's up everybody? It is Tuesday night at 5:45. Um and that can only mean one thing. That is our live Q&A show. I'm going to let a, let some people hop in here. Um Dr. Rogers is finishing up um a visit. Um so he will be with us shortly. Um until then, um let me know you're here. Say hello. Um, my name is Ben Rogers. I, I host this Q and A every single Tuesday, uh, right at 5:45. So that's why I'm here alone um, at the moment because he he's not quite finished with with his day. He's getting ready in the in the green room. It looks like. Um, so say hello if you're here. Um, would love to mingle uh, mingle before we get started. We got some great uh, questions today. Um before before we get going, uh we do have something cool um coming up. I'm seeing when that date is. Uh Performance Medicine is hosting a live event um for uh this Evolve device on April 13th. Uh, I believe it's at 5:30, 5:45. Um hey Tammy, hey Anna. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for saying hello. Um so I'm encouraging everybody to To rsvp to that event um april 13th we're going to talk about body contouring and what that is um and you'll get some reminders about that over the coming uh the coming weeks here um all right so we are ready to roll uh let's see here hello (laughs) thank
1: you man man. Uh,
0: I, i think you uh i got you before you got your hat on
1: yeah, uh, let me get my hat over here, Ben, because as you see my hair's all messed up today. <laughs> get my hat. Man, what a day. I'm sorry, I haven't had a chance to get with you. Uh, how's that? Does that look better? That's I always better. Look better with the hat on. It
0: yeah, looks okay. I think now, that looks great. We can't see your eyes. I need but... a
1: haircut. I need a haircut, man. I need a haircut. Uh
0: hey Jessica. <laughs> uh thank you for being here. Um we are we're going we're going cash today. This is a casual Tuesday QA and and, and Doc, if it's okay with you, I want to jump straight into these questions because uh, we got we got five really, really good questions uh, this week. So, so let's go ahead and jump in. Are you ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Uh, first one, I am a 37-year-old male, very active. I would like to know if there is a specific regimen for my age group or is it just keep taking the vitamin C, D, zinc, in probiotic? That's a, that's a great question. That's one that's relevant to me as a, as a 35 year old.
1: Well, as far as regimen, it just depends on, you know, what kind of shape you're in, but you know, as, as a general rule, vitamin D is the number one vitamin. It's actually a hormone. So definitely take at least 5,000 units of D3 um, and check levels, blood levels of D. The next one probably most important would be omega3s. Um, you know, take a couple of omega-3s a day. I prefer the Creole. The next one would probably be um, vitamin C. Next multivitamin. Next would be magnesium. take 500 milligrams at night. Um, did I say zinc 50 milligram? Uh, Zinc 50 milligram with food is a good one to raise your T level and prevent conversion to estrogen. Um, So that's that's probably a pretty good baseline for most people. uh, Those five or six vitamins I just mentioned for a healthy 37 year old male. Um,
0: How how long does that go up till? So like, say, say I'm 45, does that still cover me, what you just said? Or at what age do do we start adding things to that?
1: It just depends on the situation. Definitely by um, age 50, then I I really kind of double down on a lot of the stuff. Um, And I start checking levels of vitamins. Um, The other thing, too, is is a a good probiotic um, that should be in almost everybody's regimen. You know, we talk a lot about gut health and, and all, because if your gut's not healthy, you're not going to absorb your vitamins anyway. So, um, you know, those are, those are some things to think about at age 50. Gosh, you know, here I'm 66. I take a lot of vitamins, um, cause I want to go down that better aging pathway. Uh, so there's a lot of different things I'll take based on, a lot of things, calcium scoring, Cleveland Heart Panels, um, a lot of stuff like that. So, but those in that age group, that's probably good enough, unless you have don't have energy, if you're obese, if you're insulin resistant. Sometimes I'll use some other very specific vitamins to help you overcome a little insulin resistance. Like berberine uh, is a good one for that. Um, if you're tired all the time, I'll use. Uh, CoQ10, D ribose, maybe L carnitine if you work out a lot uh, to help uh, muscle recovering injury. So a lot of it's kind of specific based on your needs. So yeah, hope I that answered that.
0: No, I think that's that's perfect. And um, guys, if you're if you're with us and want to ask a specific uh, vitamin question, put those in the comments. Uh, that'll be kind of a, a theme today with this next one here um, is vitamin centric. Uh, why should I take vitamin D with K instead of the regular vitamin D three? Uh, this is a very common question we get in office.
1: Yeah. Well, like the guy 37 years old, he doesn't need the K yet, but once you get around 45 years old or so, uh, for both men and women, you need with your vitamin D, you need vitamin K because, That allows a D to help bring your calcium into your bones, not your arteries. So, and vitamin K is also very heart protective. So, um, vitamin K is an important vitamin. It's um, vitamin K2 and MK7 are the ones that we use. Our D3, we have one that comes with a K in it, but um, very important. Good, good question. Great question.
0: All right. And this is a a longer question. I couldn't fit, uh, the whole question in here, but the, uh, I'll just read this one off and then I'll give you some background doc. Um, if the 80 gram, 81 milligram aspirin and curcumin should not be taken at the same time, which one seems most important for overall health? Would it be reasonable to take them on alternate days? And the, the reason they mentioned that was, um, was that this, this person read that since both aspirin and curcumin are potentially mild blood thinners, um, they should not be used at the, at the same time. Um, What's your, what's your thoughts on that? And, and they gave some details as well that, that I might mention if that's going to change your answer.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that is true that when you take something that could potentially act as a blood thinner like curcumin or omega-3s, fish oil, flaxseed, vitamin E, then you can still take it on the same day. You just don't take it within about four hours um, since you took your aspirin. So, um, and I prefer to take the aspirin first, really. That's what I do in my regimen. So good question. Good question. Just don't take it. You don't need to, Alternate days, just take both of them every day. They're both important for different reasons. I mean, curcumin is a great vitamin for brain health. You know, it's good for joints. It's it's just a great anti-inflammatory that i take. The other, same thing goes where if, you, if you're if you taking Motrin, Naperson, Meloxicam, you don't want to take that when you take your aspirin. Wait about four hours after you take your aspirin to take those, okay,
0: and and I will mention um, because I'm looking at the question now. This is a male in mid 70s, good overall health, but have a coronary artery calcification score of 387. Um, yeah, does that change anything?
1: No, okay, it makes you you know you definitely need both of those, and uh, on a daily basis. Plus, you probably want to get EDTA on there, um, which is a natural chelator pill. Just don't take your EDTA right around when you take your minerals like magnesium or zinc, you know, wait uh, about four hours since you take those, since it can chelate your minerals out as well. Uh, So uh, ADTA would be a good thing for, for you to take. Um, So Uh, great question.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really important question. And uh, I didn't know the, the timing um, with the baby aspirin and the four hour uh, separation there, and that's because of the blood thinning nature of a baby aspirin. Yep. yep. Okay, cool. So, we got an, an, another question here. I'm going to read the full thing because I think it's important. Um, but this is the gist of it. I recently got my Cleveland Heart Panel results, and I'm concerned about high ferritin and iron levels for no apparent reason. And I'll go ahead and, and read the full question for you. Um, my ferritin was 158, iron was 161. TIBC was 402 and transferrin sat was 40 I have been iron deficient my whole life mainly due to eating habits because they are uh, they've either done uh, gone vegan or vegetarian Uh, what can cause this spike Um, it's up over 100 points in one year and are they at risk for iron overload and damaging to the organs
1: Yeah, I mean, too much iron can definitely damage and infiltrate your organs. See, that ferritin is a very important test that we do on the Cleveland. You know, it didn't sound like it's that high. I saw two levels a day that were 350 and above. So what was the level of that ferritin on this? Uh, Let's
0: see. Um, Ferritin, 158.
1: Yeah, so that doesn't worry me a whole lot to be honest with you and that's the one I look at I don't look at the iron or the TIBC unless I really want to dig deep on it but the ferritin's good enough and you know you just again I don't know if you're on testosterone or not which can boot your hemoglobin up a little bit you don't want your blood too thick but um so you definitely don't want your multivitamin having any iron in it Uh, usually unless you're a menstruating female. Um, But uh, other things, you know, that, of course, eating red meat can up your ferritin levels and so can um, cooking in an iron skillet, believe it or not, eating organ meat. So you can avoid those things. Just keep an eye on it. Um, You know, another good reason to take a baby aspirin a day to kind of keep your blood a little bit thinner because ferritin and iron can make your blood a little stickier and then you get those hemosiderin deposits in your organs and you can put strain on your on your internal organs so um you know that's good i mean you need to look at those ferritin levels so but yours doesn't freak me out at all um you know sometimes people they keep taking iron because they've been told they're anemic and then They'll stop their menstrual cycles or whatever's causing that blood loss, um, whether it be microscopic GI bleed or something. Uh, but um, at some point, you're probably not going to require any more iron. So that's kind of a that's a good question. So, the,
0: the ferritin and, and iron uh, questions are really good, and uh, we we had a we had a I think it was a Common Sense MD uh, podcast on that recently where you talked about the importance of a ferritin level um, over you know an iron level per se. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get to the next one here, and I just want to remind everybody.
1: I, and again, you may have you may have something weird going on. Like, I mean, there's some weird conditions that you may need to see a hematologist for, like thalassemia. There's some odd things with blood we usually look at the differential on that and see what your the size of your red blood corpuscles are and stuff like that so it can get a little complex so go, I'm sorry go on Ben
0: okay well um no I'm I'm, I'm glad you you clarified there and I uh, just want to r- remind the people who are with us um if you if you do have a question uh for today's show go ahead and put it in the comments we're going to get to those uh here in a second we're taking uh live questions today okay And the next question is, um, have you seen the new information on the treatment of COVID in the study with fluvoxamine?
1: Um, It seems like I did read a little bit about that. Um, Anything new treatment of COVID, we're using it. I mean, metformin is another one I read about recently that's probably very positive to be on when you're on, uh, when you have COVID. Um, so I don't know enough about that one to really comment. I'll try to get on that next time. We'll do a little research. So I'm, I'm hesitant to comment on that yet until I'll dig a little deeper. Um, but, you know, there's so many things that we're using for COVID. And I'll tell you something that I just ended up treating 10 minutes ago. Um, I was about to pull my hair out, but <laughs> that's why I wanted to have, hat. But uh, it seems like the, all afternoon I've been treating COVID over the phone because there is a little spike around here now. But um, but um, it can get in your central nervous system, too. And uh, as evidenced by the last patient I talked to, causing a lot of mental confusion. Hmm. And, um, you know, it, Like, I don't want to get specific on this patient I just treated, but, uh, you know, kind of some worrisome mental status changes during COVID that were previously not there. You know, you you don't know what the baseline was, but um, it can definitely cause confusion. Uh, That virus can get in your your brain as well as your uh, intestines, your GI tract as well. And, And remember... The, back, the gut bacteria tell your brain what to do. So, whether it's affecting it through that mechanism or, or it crosses a blood brain barrier, I don't know. But um, anyway, um, this guy was really confused. I ended up putting him on a little provigil to, which is modafinil, which we use for narcolepsy and daytime shift worker syndrome for mental alertness. And um, I'm hoping that helps. Stay tuned. I'll let you know. But just for, you know, mental alertness. um, And and if you are confused, you got to look at the baseline too. People get depressed with COVID as well, which may be one reason they want to use fluvoxamine with it. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that, um, there's a ton of treatment. My standard treatment is, is called the Math Plus Protocol um, that a, a group of us doctors around the country are willing to do. And, of course, it includes ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, um, zithromax, zinc, high doses of certain vitamins. Um, and it really seems to help sometimes inhaled steroids like budesonide, Um But the other thing, too, you know, your O2 sat may drop low enough where you get a little hypoxic and you get confused. So, um, but I'll look into that that a little bit and maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm always talking COVID. You can certainly always email us or, you know, I'll try to go into more depth on that one. Um, You know, I haven't used that myself for this yet, but I have heard reports of it. I just need to do a little more research on it.
0: Is is that um, is early treatment? Is that helpful for maybe you know lessening the likelihood of confusion? Um, you know, yeah, coming on, yeah. Is that another yeah? Because this was
1: almost this case was almost like a long hauler syndrome. It'd been day fifteen of COVID, mm. so um, certainly that's why I'm a big proponent of early treatment. Not only but, so it won't cause blood clots to your lungs, but also to hopefully prevent some of this long hauler months down the road symptoms of covid because it you know it's pretty prevalent yeah as you'll see in the news so
0: yeah mm. um well that's a that's a great question it sounds like you're going to do some some more research on that and i can i can attest to it. it you know you are constantly looking at this stuff so so thank you to the person who asked that question that's gonna um uh, give give you Doc, some some more stuff to look at um, okay, we're gonna go to the comments here. Uh, thank you guys for for hanging out. Um, okay, so we've got a first one here. Uh, what about post COVID inflammation causing falsely high ferritin and iron? Thoughts uh, thoughts on that?
1: Post COVID inflammation causing what?
0: Causing falsely high ferritin and iron, like so, like yeah. a, a lab level being falsely yeah, high. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right. Yeah, you're right. What I do, because inf- inflammation can really screw your lab work up a lot too. Um, so yeah, what I would do is kind of wait a couple months down the line and repeat that test and see if it's gone down and certainly take your aspirin.
0: There, there's, other, there's other lab levels that, that you've been wary of because of, uh, of COVID. Is that right? Where it can impact a, a level?
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, you can throw a lot of things off. Yeah. Um, your blood, your white blood cell count, your red count. Um, you know, it can throw thyroid test off, adrenal test, uh, cortisol. Um, it can throw hormone levels off. I'll tell you, two people that take hormones do better with COVID. There's definitely a correlation between low testosterone and doing worse with COVID. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of established reports that show that it's another re- reason to balance your hormones.
0: Um, okay, so we, we got we got another one here's coming in uh, from Anna. Uh, I take thyroid medication. Is this the correct D3 and is this the, the correct D3 and K correct for me? Life extensions, vitamins D and K uh, if they're on thyroid medication? Oh there we go. okay cool. Uh,
1: yeah, that's the one I prefer. Okay. I do. I like that one, Anna. And um, just keeping an on you know, the levels and everything, and you know, it protects it protects you, makes it work better. So, um, th- you know, definitely COVID can throw your thyroid function test off too. There's no doubt about that. And if you're, it can throw your sugar levels off. A good way to, that's why metformin works so good with COVID patients. Uh, you get better glycemic control. Even if you start it during COVID, because COVID can send your sugar levels high, I've if, seen it. If you, Even if somebody didn't know they were diabetic or pre-diabetic. So, can
0: it? You mentioned,
1: can, can it actually
0: activate? Uh, it can activate something that might have not been um, there quite yet, but was on its way, like a like a pre-diabetic situation.
1: Sure can. Yeah, You huh. can bring it out. Okay. I good. had one lady that. Uh, had COVID and I treated her and she did well, but she still didn't feel real right. So she decided to just cut out all processed foods. And within two days, she was completely better.
0: Wow. That's nuts she to cut me.
1: Out all processed foods.
0: Just think about, you know, your immune system with that, you know, how
1: mm-hmm. I, it's
0: crazy. Um, okay. It's so uh, so Shelly has a few questions. I'm going to go ahead and put these up here. Uh, great questions. Um, what are examples of low-carb, high-fat meals? Okay, that's a, a great nutrition question. You're obviously a, a, a huge proponent of low-carb, high-fat. Um, what's, your, what's your go-to?
1: Um, gosh, of course, fish and uh, organic chicken, occasional grass-fed beef. I don't like to overdo the red meat um, avocados, um, of course, low carb. You know what that means? Cutting out sugars, bread, potatoes, pasta, corn, rice, cereal, milk, and eat the good fats that are in nuts, except no peanuts and no cashews, especially if you're concerned about your weight. Um, vegetables are okay, except you don't want to eat potatoes or beets if you know those are high carb but most of the other vegetables are carbs but they're so low glycemic because there's all the fiber in them so um, you know butter <laughs> butter especially the I love the Irish uh, butter like carry gold butter um, but just don't put it on bread um, put it on your once a week sweet potato that you eat which has a lot of fiber in it um, or put it over your broccoli or your cauliflower substitute your potatoes for cauliflower Um, and when you eat fruits eat berries the other like a lot of the other fruits are very high glycemic so the berries are almost all okay grapefruit maybe a lot more than one apple a day Um, so those are good examples of a high fat diet
0: all right. Very we're gonna, good. We're going to get to some some vitamin questions because these are very relevant to what you were talking about before. Um, Eggs
1: too. Eggs are good. Eggs are good. High fat, good protein. Uh, go ahead, Ben.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Eggs added to that. Shelly, and Shelly's got one more here. Um, EDTA best brand to buy, and you were mentioning uh, EDTA before.
1: You know, we have some in the office. I forget. It's not a life extension. I had to order these special. I'm not sure what brand they are to be honest with you, but I know we keep them in the office. Um, uh, I don't think life extension makes them, but they recommended it to me. So that's the one I ordered a bunch of, and I've been taking it, you know, for about a year. And Shelly,
0: Shelly, I will find that, uh, answer out for you. And, uh, whatever the brand that is we have in office, I'll, I'll make sure you know about it. So expect that from me. Um, we're going to get to Ann here. Um, Ann asks a, a good probiotic question. Um, she's never taken probiotics. What should she look for? Um, there's a lot of conflicting opinions out there, not just from your friends. So, uh, so, Doc, why don't you talk a little bit to that?
1: Well, you know, it is important to take a probiotic. Um, my favorite one is... Of course, digest shield, which has five things in it. It's got a prebiotic, which you have to have if you take a probiotic. Think of prebiotics like inulin and it's just really fiber or food for the probiotic. You gotta feed the probiotics, the good bacteria. And they need lacto, bifido. It has those in the probiotic. It has um, digestive enzymes to break down the fats. Hopefully you're gonna be eating more fats, less carbs, moderate protein. So it has the the enzymes for that. It has lactase, which blocks down dairy you may inadvertently get. And it also has um, a gluten blocker in it. You know, glutens are too inflammatory for all of us. So if you can avoid gluten, it's fine. So I like the Digest Shield. It has all five things in one pill. So that's my favorite one. Uh, Theralac, if you just want a pure one. The one thing, you know, probiotics can be controversial, The probiotics you get in yogurt—it's not enough. Um, Yet you don't need to go a hundred billion. I tried that once myself and really messed my stomach up um,
0: for a while. When you say a hundred billion, can you explain uh, just for the people who don't know what you're talking about?
1: Well, that's just the colony count of the uh, uh, how much bacteria is in there. So you can go anywhere from a few billion to a hundred billion, and my. I like between ten and twenty, maybe. Uh, if you get too high, now some people may need more that have really severe gut disease. But I always kind of start out on the lower end um, of the probiotics, and if you feed those probiotics with prebiotics, you don't need that many, in my opinion. So, and a lot of it depends on the shape of your gut, what what foods you're eating. I mean, if you're trying to if you're eating sugar all the time. You know, just feeding all the bad ones. Plus yeast, you get yeast in your gut. It's really bad. Yeast loves sugar. Hmm. Um, so, Digest Shield, my number one go-to.
0: All right, and hope that helps. We got one more here from, from uh, from Hatley here. Um, I eat out a lot, and and um, at your suggestion, I eat low carb. Uh, what are some some good choices when you're eating out for low carb? I'm I'm in the same boat there. I eat out all the time. Uh, how do you eat out and go low carb
1: <laughs> well if you like a good grass fed steak and broccoli or asparagus or cauliflower um, you know that's low carb just don't when they bring the bread out to you you know don't don't take the bread um, use the butter on your um, or cheese on your broccoli you know cheese is another good high fat thing especially aged cheese I don't like processed cheese it's you know, to me, the bad dairy side effects can get to you, but when it's aged and fermented, then it doesn't seem to bother people's guts as much, especially if they're taking a good uh, probiotic. But, um, but yeah, that that'd be a great. You know, or eat organic chicken, fish. I eat a ton of fish, um, and gosh, I love avocados. Um, you know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, I love the taste of bacon, but it's, you know, bacon can kind of be hard on you. <laughs> it's, you know, it can, be, it can be kind of hard on you. It's not digestible as well. And it tastes great, but I'm just not a big fan of a lot of bacon. Um, but Because there's a lot of great choices out there for, and and eat vegetables, you know, load your plate up with vegetables and, and good protein like grass-fed beef um, and uh, fish, organic chicken, um, sometimes even a good protein bar, you know, for a meal substitute is good to have. Um I hope that I answered that. No, that's
0: that's perfect. That, that actually helps me with my my food choices tonight. Um, and and guys, uh, we are we're at our thirty minute mark. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna end the the live Q and A show there. And um, and man, I, I I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, uh, for being here every Tuesday. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, thank you for everybody who who asked a question, whether that was uh, during the week or during the live segment. Thank you so much. Um, if you want your question featured next week, uh, just shoot an email to info at performancemedicine.net. Um, I generally look at those throughout the week and, and, and have a collection of them. Uh, we've already got a, a couple of good ones for next week. So uh, be sure to do that and come join us uh, next week at 545 Tuesday. Dr. Rogers, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben.